Welcome to the Together We're Better podcast, where we explore all the ways it takes a village to raise a child, and we highlight the amazing work that our partners are doing in Kenosha County. I'm your host, Lawrence Kirby, Community Engagement Network Manager at Building Our Future. Welcome again. Thank you so much for tuning in. BOF is a collective impact organization that brings together people, ideas, and resources to help students in Kenosha County schools succeed. Today, my guests are members of the Kenosha Public Library. This team has done some great work here in Kenosha, and they are in the midst of building a new library for every child in Kenosha in the heart of the Uptown neighborhood. Y'all, KPL is one of the organizations that we are aligned with in this work to improve outcomes and support the success of our students. Um, this group, KPL, is active in our collaborative community network in our Lincoln Park Uptown neighborhood. We've worked together on literacy initiatives. Um, they've used our data in different settings uh, to help look at what's happening in our community and with our students. And BOF and the Kenosha Public Library have a long history of partnership together. Y'all, welcome to this podcast. I want to welcome Barb, Brandy, and Khalil. It is such an honor to have y'all with us today. Um, I want you each to take a moment to introduce yourselves, tell us your name, your role, and I want to know how did you choose a career in library science? Barb, we're going to start with you. Well, hi, everybody. My name is Barb Bratton. I'm the director for the Kenosha Public Library. Um, I've been here 10 years now, which is surprising every day to me. Boy, time <laughs> flies, right? Um, gosh, um, I have a fun story. I um, played with all kinds of different majors in college and then uh, landed on history because it was a quick way to a degree for somebody who just didn't know what they wanted to do and was fascinated with everything. By the way, if you're fascinated with everything and you can't figure out what to do, become a librarian because you're surrounded by all kinds of different ideas every day. But one of our classes for history was to go into what I call the bowels of the library and uh, go take a look at all the archives. And I was smitten. <laughs> so I said, how do you do this for the rest of your life? Um, and went to library school, and the rest is history. Nice. Thank you so much. Brandy, what about you? What was your path to becoming a librarian? Yeah, so I'm actually the only non-librarian in the room today, but I'm on my way there. Hey! Yeah, so I've been with Kenosha Public Library for 15 years, and I came through a little bit different path than some of my colleagues. I started looking for a job in Kenosha as an in-between. I was getting my paralegal degree, looking to go back to Chicagoland and work with immigrants and fell in love with what public libraries do for communities, how it's really a place that welcomes everyone regardless of their stature or standing and one of the last places people can discover themselves and find the best version of themselves. 15 years later, I'm proud to say I'm sitting as the assistant director and I get to help work with this wonderful team to set vision and mission and, and really help find ways to strengthen our neighborhoods and keep our people curious. Nice, yeah. awesome. All right, Khalil, what about you? And I'm interested in your answer not that I wasn't interested in their answers, their great <laughs> right, answers, right. Uh, but, but as a black man, you know, my impression is that I don't know very many black men that I've seen as librarians. Um, and so I think that there seems to be a kind of a fascinating need, if anything, right, for more black males to find this type of career path. So share your story and your path into becoming a librarian. My path is kind of similar to bars, but it's also a little different. My aunt is a teacher. And so my sister and I grew up volunteering in the library that she worked at, the high school, uh, Maynard Jackson High School in Atlanta. And we volunteered there from like seven to 10. We would put up books, magazines. Were we putting them in order right? I hope so, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And so that's where my interest in libraries started. And from there, we every school she went to, we would volunteer at the library there. And um, when I went to college, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I first time majored in business administration, then like sports management, then I changed it to something else. Finally, I came down to history. I'm like, I love history. My dad was a history major, you know. That's really the only thing that interests me. And uh, with the history degree, there's not really many avenues you can go to besides teaching, lawyer, and library. And uh, one of my classmates was like, so Khalil, what are you going to do? And I was like, I, I think about teaching. I really don't know. I was interning out of school, and I was like, oh, yeah, I don't like this at all. <laughs> um, I like having the kids around, yeah. but you know, it's different when they're there all day, every day. Um, but yeah, when she, she mentioned the library, and I was just like, oh, I used to volunteer at library. Okay, I'm going to try it out. Um, I'm going to try to go into the field. I applied for a job in Atlanta. I got the job, luckily, with, with the help of my aunt. And uh, I just fell in love when I was there. Um, I'd never seen another black man as a librarian. Um, but at the time, I wasn't really thinking about that. I was just thinking... I like helping people. Mm -hmm. I love helping people. I love just providing a service. And as a librarian, you can help people in so many ways. It might seem minute, but it's not. That facts, that research you're doing for a person can be life-changing for them. So, yeah, that's how I, I hope I answered the question. Yeah, y'all nailed the intro. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, this is going to be a good time together. I can tell already. Uh, so let's get into some questions about your work and the community and some of the things uh, you all have going on because we're excited to learn more uh, about all the things y'all are doing. So first question, we know that literacy is the foundation of education, right? Uh, we learn to read so that we can then read to learn. Um, so the first question, I want to ask Brandy this question, how does the Kenosha Public Library address literacy in Kenosha? I know it sounds like an obvious question. Yeah, uh, but, but there's maybe some not so obvious answers that's there. Right. right. So. Um, one of the ways that we address literacy is, I mean, obviously libraries are book places. Mm -hmm. We will always be book places. I know you hear us talk all the time about the wonderful things we offer outside of books, but books will always be our business and we're proud of that. We're proud that we can offer books to every family, to every child, to every adult in our community at the ready for their interests, for their reading levels and for their needs. But more than that, the library gets to take a step up from what our education system does and offers self-directed learning. And that is really a huge proponent to fighting for this literacy, right? When we think about our students who are maybe struggling with their literacy rates, children who feel overwhelmed by the reading that they're engaging in, if we can find a topic or a subject or a reading style that helps them and excites them and gets them curious, motivates them to pick up a book, we can help them fall in love with learning and not just see it as like, tedious or punitive. And the library gets to do that. We do it in a variety of ways, different programs. Obviously, summer reading is a huge mainstay in libraries across the nation. We do a lot of winter reading programs here because winter seems to last just as long as our summers do. Longer. Right? That feels that way, right? Um, and so we really get to help fight that fight, but making sure that books can be in anyone's hands is like the one thing the li libraries guarantee. And I think that's just a beautiful love letter. Absolutely. Anybody want to add to that? I would. Uh, so I, you'll hear me talk about the power of story all the time. Um, to me, literature is just this balm on your soul. And little kids get that. 
I mean, tell me, name me a little kid who doesn't want to hear a story. Um, and so for us, it's more not, it's not you have to do this. It is um, if you know how to do this, you get to, you get to read. You know what I mean? So, so like we inspire them with these, um, these story times from the time they're born um, to just feel the power of story. And it's an incentive because that, the reading part is the tool to be able to, to immerse in a book, right? And so it's kind of like a, it's an opposite of we are teaching you to read and you're not quite sure why you need to do that. Right. It's yeah. kind of like you hear that about math. It's like, why do I need to know that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, it's pretty clear why you want to know it at the library because you, you want to read that book, right? Yeah. Awesome. Khalil, you got any thoughts on that? I think they nailed it. <laughs> I would just be blabbering out there. I think they nailed it. Okay. So, so Barb, I want to come back to you. Can you tell us some of the resources and programming that the Kenosha Public Library offers? I know Brandy alluded to, um, of course, being book people, but just a wide array of other things uh, that KPL offers. Yeah, and, and I'd love to have everybody jump in on this one because I'm not going to remember everything. The one thing we hear all the time is, I didn't know the library did that. Right. I, you know, it's like on and on and on. Um, we really are a community center, and so we, we look at, and you'll hear me say this too, wherever you go, whatever library you, you start working in, first thing you think of is beyond books and literacy, what does this community need? And so we do respond to a lot of different needs. I mean, you come there to vote. Um, you, you come there to, uh, to use a computer. Um, and really, you think that everybody has a computer, but they don't. See, you know, look at Southwest in the afternoon, and every computer's filled. Um, they're printing, they're faxing. Who has a fax machine at home, right? And sometimes you still need to fax. Um, I you guys jump I'll in. Jump in. Um, yeah. Meeting rooms, study rooms. Yeah. A lot of people don't even realize a lot of our rooms get used by not just patrons, but different organizations, different government organizations use like the activity rooms. Um, at Southwest, I believe the police have something going on at Southwest today, like swearing a swearing in, this like morning. a swearing in. So, um, and it's free to everybody. Um, also, things like our library things. Uh, I wish that got used so much more. Um, I was with Brandy. We were at Parkside, and we were showing off some of the library of things items. And I'm not gonna lie, some things I'm like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know that we offered this. Um, <laughs> But like some of the things we're showing off, like some of the cameras we have, these are like very expensive, top-notch cameras. And people can check them out and use them for whatever project they need, and they haven't spent a dime. And so I just try to tell people, before you pay for something, just call and see if we got it or if we can get it, because it's going to be free. And um, yeah. Yeah, y'all just reminded me, you know, when you're talking about meeting rooms, um, my other job as a pastor, I lead a church here in the city. Um, and when we planted a church in the fall of 2016, our very first meeting was at the Southwest Library yeah. in Kenosha. We rented that meeting room at our first, to have a first conversation uh, with, with a team to prepare to launch. You know, so I was just reminded of that moment of utilizing that free space because we had nowhere to go to have a meeting you know, with 20, 25 people to talk about um, this dream of planting a church and what it would look like. So, And it's the full spectrum. You'll see... Um, some uh, older women in a room together just talking and knitting or crocheting or you know doing some kind of craft together. You'll see tutors with their kid and little kids after school. 
Um, and we've got guys who come and run their businesses that way. They just don't want to do it at home. And so they're working remotely, but they're working from the library. Nice. Can you repeat the question one more time? Sure. Like I got a little bit more to add. What are some of the resources and programming that the Kenosha Public Library offers? Brandy, if you want to jump in. You got something okay. to say. Go yeah. Um, <laughs> as far as resources, um, like Learning Express is a database that we have that I wish everybody took advantage of, especially like teenagers. We got practice ACT tests on there, SAT tests, even practice tests for like you want to get in the military or become a police officer. A lot of people don't know this. Um, and it's all free. LinkedIn Learning. You can go on LinkedIn Learning, learn a language. And it's from uh, a lot of the professors and people that are teaching are uh, have credentials. You know, they're certified in their field. It's not just random people on there teaching. It's like real instructors. Um, so I wish people also use a lot more of our databases. Um, have you heard of Masterclass? Yeah, Masterclass. No. We're going to get Masterclass for free. That's like, what, a hundred and some bucks a year to, to for a subscription to Masterclass. And it is like all the experts in the world talking ab about their field. It oh, is yeah, I have heard of that. fascinating. Wow. And I'm so excited that I get to save a hundred and some dollars. <laughs> <laughs> you can take cooking classes from Gordon Ramsay or learn about physics with, you know, yeah. our head physicists. And like, it's, it's, amazing the depth of the resources that the library is able to offer and so much of it is based on our promise to keep our community curious you know we know that when we are born and when we are children we have that innate curiosity inside of us and as we grow up we lose it we become more skeptical we have more experiences in the world we learn the stove is hot we're less likely to try to touch it but we also know that that curiosity keeps our brains healthy and a healthy brain is a longer life, and a longer life is a healthy community. And so the library intentionally gathers all of these resources to try to make sure that from birth to better, we are keeping our community curious, engaged, and inspired to learn. And Brandy brings up a good point for the elderly. It is really important as a social space so that you're not isolated. Loneliness is a really big problem right. in this world. And this is a place where people can come. We've got three guys older men who come every day and they have a system about who gets what newspaper first, <laughs> yeah. second, and third. And they deliver it to each other and then they get the next section. Everybody knows, but they are there every day for that purpose. And it isn't just to read the newspaper, it's to be in community because yeah. they live by themselves. Wow, wow. So let me pose this question to the three of you. Uh, and anybody can jump out first to answer it, right? Um, What's one thing that the Kenosha Public Library provides that you think more people should take advantage of? You already said it a couple times, Khalil. LinkedIn Learning, Learning Express, our databases in general. Okay. Like I said, they're all literally free. Um, for the most part, you just gotta have a library card. Some of you can even access at our libraries without a library card. Um, for example, I just, I was, I had to, uh, we had a guy called, maybe a couple weeks ago, and he wanted obituaries for his mom, his dad. I'm sorry, it was a lady for her mom and her dad and her aunt. And when I got them to her, like she was with, I don't know, her granddaughter. Um, when I gave them to her, like she was like tearing up because she was just so happy um, to get those because she couldn't, I don't know, she couldn't find where she put them at. Um, it was just nice to provide that for her. Um, so yeah, I just wish people took advantage of the services, I'm sorry, the databases that we have, because, I mean, 
for the most part, we offer everything that you could think of. You can read the Kenosha News for free yeah. through the library. A lot of different. Hold on, y'all hear that? Online. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a life hack. You can read the Kenosha News for free. <laughs> well, and, and Sorry, that, Kenosha News. Right. <laughs> no, y'all sell the subscriptions. But. And the Chicago Tribune and the New York Times and on and on and on. You can read that online. Online. Yeah. So that means when you're, on, when you're on the website and that dollar pops up after you've been on there 10 seconds, you can get it for free with us. <laughs> You know what I say, I, these are great products, but what I think the service that we were known for but people forget about is what's the next great read? And, you know, little kids do that. And maybe say, you know, the later elementary school kids who are readers, you know, avid readers, they can't, you know, what they're really looking for is people. And somebody told me a story yesterday about, and we were talking about Simmons and how many kids come to the Simmons Library. And um, the person told me that uh, he overheard someone say that they come to Northside because even though they're close to Simmons, there isn't always somebody there. So which, to me, that means it isn't just walking into a room of books. It's who's there to inspire me about that next read. So that little boy could come up to Khalil and say, I love this book, what's next? And Khalil knows. And he's going to get him all excited about that next series or whatever. And, and that happens all the time. It's the people who are working there. So it's, it's what, what to read next. And I, I take advantage of that with our staff. Like, what should I read next? And I've read genres that I would have never touched before. I'm not interested in sci-fi or fantasy. But now I'll read fantasy because somebody hooked me up with a book that was all about nature and fantasy. And I'm a nature freak. So it's perfect, a perfect fit for me. I'm like, wow, what else did this guy write? So take advantage of that. Ask us what, we sh what you should read next. It's almost like having a personal shopper for your brain. Yeah. Right. You know, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. And, in, and it's not just like fiction reads. So I'm a person who doesn't read a lot of fiction. Mm. And every time I say that, I feel like I sound super pretentious. But I really love reading about like real life experiences, essays, memoirs. I read a lot of business books. And I have so many colleagues that I know I can go to and be like, hey, I want to learn more about how AI is affecting how we are engaging socially. What should I be looking for? What's coming up? And our librarians are experts. It's the reason why we have librarians and why they are, you know, the gears that turn the public library, because they can find me not only something that's custom fit to what I'm looking for, but they know how to find trustworthy information. And we know now more than ever, this world is plagued with untrustworthy information. Sorry. Can't even trust. You know? Can't even trust essays that kids write because they got. <laughs> Chat GP that'll write the essay for it. Right. You guys hosted a class recently to help people navigate. Yeah, AI? yeah. I think I saw that online. Yeah, and that's the thing. We're constantly hosting these, you know, technology classes because we know that for our community to continue to feel connected, they're going to need exposure to this stuff. And if you're not in a learning environment, just naturally by being in school, um, you might not have direct access to this. And so we bring it in and we bring in experts all the time, which is really exciting too. And, you know, to, yesterday we hosted a program with a Packers historian who came in to talk about the Packers-Bears rivalry. Yeah, it was a good time. Um, that, I mean, it got a little rowdy and I liked it. But, you know, it's always, always a good time, always something going on at the library for everyone. Wonderful. One more thing I want to add is I want to give some love to our, our outreach department. Um, I, a lot of people, it's a lot of good amount of people in town that know about our outreach department, but a lot of people don't know the different stops that they make 
all the schools that they go to, um, just the impact the outreach department is having for people that maybe can't get to the libraries. So I just uh, I want to give some love to the outreach department because one, um, one department that's very impactful for us that a lot of people don't see. Okay. They have a whole home delivery service. Yeah. So we have, you know, people in our community for different variety of reasons can't make it out to a physical library. And we go and we bring things to them. And sometimes we're the only people they see that day. Yeah. And, you know, we're who's checking in on them week after week. And it's really an extension of the community mm -hmm. um, in combination with the services that we have. That's awesome. So, Barb, a couple of times you mentioned children as you were kind of talking about kind of the lens and curiosity and how children um, love good stories. Um, tell us a little bit about the Uptown Children's Library and that project that's coming up. Well, there's an origin story here. Um, there's a lot of questions out there about why, um, why is it where it is? Um, why would we do this when um, the West Side wants another library? By the way, everyone who uh, is um, disappointed because they really wanted a West Side library, we're willing to, <laughs> We'd be happy to build a to library build out library. there on that uh, west side. It's funny, sometimes we'll, we'll giggle about Southwest. It's not really in the Southwest corner of this, of right. this city anymore, <laughs> but it was when they built it. Um, so, they, so yeah, so the mayor came to us and said, hey, you know, we're, um, there's this new building going up in, in, up in the uptown neighborhood, and we could really use, um, we're going to purchase part of the first floor. And um, I know you guys are out of space um, for your staff, and maybe you can, you know, put some of your staff downtown, and it'll be a nice presence in that neighborhood. And I said, <laughs> "Gonna waste it on a bunch of offices? Uh, let's build a children's library." We had talked about a children's museum for a while with the mayor about how that would be a really cool venture, the public museum, and us getting together and doing that. Um, so this is kind of a mini, mini version of that. Um, what we're trying to uh, accomplish here is get kids excited about learning with more hands-on stuff than we can accommodate at some of our other locations. We do have some hands-on stuff um, at all the locations, but this is gonna be much more intensive that way. Um, so um, there's a big exploratory area when you first walk in. There's a nature theme, because it's uh, it's kind of minus trees, that, that whole area yeah. there. So mm -hmm. we want, want that calming effect of, an, of a natural environment. So we've got some natural elements in there. Um, some activities rooms, uh, we're talking to uh, Snap-on about bringing in their um, We Will Work program so they can kids can learn about tools and how they all work and measurements, which is, you know, the fun part of math is to measure something and build something uh, with those skills. Um, there's a community room for um, some of our partners. Uh, we'll have um, the Achievement Center is going to bring in early Head Start. Um, into that area, um, into that, that space, which we're really excited about. We've never hosted something like that before. And the YMCA is going to bring an achievers program for after school to do some homework help. Uh, so it's going to be very interactive and beautiful space. Um, oh, I can imagine. I can't wait to see it. Uh-huh. Um, so I don't want us to miss this, go over this part too quickly. You said at the beginning and then kept going and said some great things. The original plan was that that would be office space. Mm -hmm. But you all thought a better use of the space would be to create a children's library there versus office space for a library. You know, at the time that the option came up, we were, um, we were 
just coming out of the pandemic. And our literacy rate for third graders was 27% at that point. And I know it's gone up to 36, I believe, 36% now, which is great, but not great. Because when you think about that, that's like one out of three kids can read well in third grade. That's a crisis as far as we're concerned. Yeah. So anything we can do, any opportunity we can find to move that needle, we're going to take it. Yeah, that's awesome. And I want to make sure our listeners and our community just understand the story of how this came to be even more. Because I think that's really impactful. Um, you are willing to sacrifice extra space in terms of offices and all those things, which you all need, storage space and all of that, to say there's a bigger need in our community um, that takes precedence over the comfort of us, you know, creating office space. I know your headquarters is kind of cramped in the Southwest Library in terms of... We're snuggled in. Yeah, We're yeah. snuggled in, um, yeah. We are snuggled in. I mean, we used to be downtown, clearly. And, uh, and then they, they tore that building down in, in anticipation of a new city hall. And mm -hmm. so we couldn't find any other space. And I can't say that any of us are unhappy about being inside of a library again. <laughs> so that is kind of our heaven. Yes. We are so excited to be back in the in branches and seeing you know, how our spaces are used, how our patrons are interacting with each other and our teams. And so when you know, this opportunity came up and, and Barb made the decision that, you know, hey, we should use this for the children's library, the entire team agreed. Because we, we know that opportunity doesn't fall on, in our lap every day. And to be able to, to build something this beautiful, something that's such a beacon of, of belief in the children of our community, in the heart of our city, like how could we pass that up? Yeah, we can't wait for those little kids to come in on opening day and just look at them and say, this is for you. Yeah, it's gonna be something. That's awesome. Well, yeah, yeah, we're honored to have played a small role in building our future with some of that data you mentioned yeah. uh, and making some connections. Um, and we're super excited to be partnering uh, as the doors open and finding ways to, to help utilize and bring young folks into the library. So that's exciting. Um, let me ask another question about the Children's Library, um, just to make sure it's really clear for our listeners. Uh, tell us a little bit more, um, and I'll, I'll pose this question to you, Khalil. Tell us a little bit more about how the Children's Library differs from the other branches. And then, of course, Brandy and Barb, y'all can jump in as well. The main difference is age, I would say. Um, the Children's Library is specifically from birth to ages 10. Um, in comparison to the other libraries where it's birth to, you know, whatever age. Um, this one is specifically for children. Everything we have is geared for children. Uh, programs, services, all our books, not even just books, every, all our, our entire collection, which is books. Um, I think we have some iPads in there. Um, just everything is going to be geared towards kids. So that's the main difference right there. Um, parents will be able to come in there with the kids, of course. Mm -hmm. But it won't be like teenagers, um, just adults, just hanging around, just specifically for the kids. Cause, and then, and because in my opinion, that's who needs it the most. Especially, we haven't mentioned this yet, but the area that the library is gonna be in is very important because I'm I'm uh, I'm in Brass once a week, and which is right in that area. Mm -hmm. And I would say it's less than one out of every three kids that can read in a, as far as third grade as African-American. Um, just interacting with them, you know, they can do so many things, but reading is one thing that they really struggle with. And 
just the staff that we're going to have in there and the people we're going to have in there will be able to make reading fun, you know. Yeah. Um, as long as we, as soon as we, as long as we can get them in there, which I know we'll be able to make reading look more appealing, and not even just reading, because literacy isn't just only about reading. You can, you can learn. Literacy is also about you know STEM can be part of this literacy, which is interacting with different things, learning how different things function. Uh, yeah, I hope I answered your question. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, anybody else? Yeah, I think Khalil really hit it on the head that. The intentional design of the space is what's going to make this very different from our other spaces. So everything in this building has been designed for children and their caregivers. So we have, you know, we have a calming sensory room for our friends who might need help with transitioning between spaces or need a space to, to regroup themselves or just to desensitize from everything that's going on. We have a, you know, a, a wellness room for people who need to feed children, feed babies throughout the day there. The floors are rubber. And you know, if you're a parent or a grandparent or an auntie or an uncle, you know that fear when a little falls. Yeah. You know, like they're 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 good there. Like everything has been so intentionally designed to support not just the kids but the adults that are bringing them in, because we know that the issues that our community faces, the literacy rates, poverty, it's cyclical, right? And it's not it's not a one generation problem. And so, if we're going to do that upstream work, we have to have a space that speaks to exciting our children, but also welcoming in adults who missed out on the opportunities. And so how can we better help teach you know, adults alongside their children about nutrition? How can we help you know, parents with parenting courses, behavioral courses? We get a lot of requests for how to deal with like, anxiety in children right now. And we're creating a space where parents can come alongside their kids and learn about this at the same time, learn about themselves, and be connected with community partners in a space that's been built for everyone, you know, in a space that they trust, the public library. And it's a really beautiful offering. I'm very excited. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Barb, you want to add anything? Yeah, I mean, the location is, is different. It is on the first floor of an apartment building um, next to a grocery store and a small restaurant. Um, there's like 71, I think, units above us, which hopefully are plenty. there's plenty of children in that building. Can ride the elevator downstairs and go to the library. That's pretty cool. <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, so that's all I have for you, almost. Um, but Barb, I want you to start the answer to this. Now, this is the first podcast we're releasing for 2024. Um, new year, new us, right? Love so it. with that, we got a new addition <laughs> to the podcast. I'm happy to introduce. Um, we're going to start rolling out action commitments at the end of every podcast episode. Um, so to give our listeners what's next, my hope is that as people are listening to this, uh, they're intrigued with what you're doing in the work, and people want to know how they can get involved. What can they do? So tell us how, one, we can support this project, and how can listeners get involved? Well, we're certainly fundraising, but right now we're going out to the big corporations, so we're not really in a public phase yet. So watch for that, um, where every nickel and dime you know, will be very, very helpful in the end. Um, so uh, in terms of that kind of thing, if you have a, a group that you know that might be interested, we are talking to service groups and, you know, they're, they're coming forward with, you know, some, um, some gifts that, you know, everyone contributes to um, money-wise. Um, Blue House Books is a partner with us in this. Um, you can go to the Blue House Books website and at the, there's a, a top navigation bar 
and I'm not quite sure what the wording is, like um, community yeah. projects. Okay. Then drop down, and you'll see a drop down menu because they do support a number of organizations this way. Um, but one of them is Kenosha Public Library, Uptown Children's Library. And um, if you click on that, you can choose one of the books that we would like to put into the library, purchase it right there, and we'll put a, a nameplate in the book that you purchased that book. So, yeah, very good, huh? And it supports our local businesses as well. Um, so, yeah, um, any, any other thoughts, you guys, besides that? Yeah, I think just staying engaged with your library. You know, this, we're so excited to have a fifth branch in our, in our community. And one of the best ways for you to help support the library in general so we can continue to expand, we can continue to explore, is to use your library. Come in, get your library card, come to our programs, check out the collections. You know, be in our spaces and, and let, let the decision makers know in your community, whether it's your alder people, your supervisors, um, your business leaders, that you believe in the importance of a strong public library because a strong public library is a strong community. That's good. That's good. Well, thank you all so much for your time today. Um, now for the good stuff. I got a few rapid fire questions. Oh, no. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 This is the part you didn't prepare for. Oh, I love it. It's the best part. Khalil, when was your last vacation? Ooh. It's going home instead of vacation. <laughs> I mean, it's warmer than here. I mean, I, I, it is uh, almost tropical. Climate. My last traveling, me and my fiance went on a cruise last year. I want to say April. We went to Mexico, Jamaica, and there's one more place. It was like a week cruise. It was Clearly good. memorable place. <laughs> <laughs> it was warm. It was warm. It was warm. It was warm. It was warm for sure. But yeah, that was the last, I guess you could say, official trip. Nice. Brandy, who's your favorite superhero? Ooh, Thor. But not because of our Marvel <laughs> interactions, which is everyone's first thought. Um, I was a mythology kid, so I'm a firm believer okay. that there's Titanic kids and then there's Greek mythology kids, and we see this with like eight-year-olds in the library all the time okay. that do the deep dive. And I was super into Thor. Part of it was that Adventures in Babysitting movie that came <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, yeah I right. That. Yeah, yeah. That's that's who I wanted to be. I wanted to be that really you know cool girl with the helmet and the hammer. Hey, Barb. I'm so glad I didn't get that one. <laughs> I got, I got, oh, y'all have something that I can answer. I got one for you. <laughs> if that? you had to change your first name, oh. what would you change it to? Um, oh, <laughs> um, it wouldn't be Barbara. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Elizabeth. Doesn't Elizabeth. that sound very regal? Ooh, that's yeah. fancy. Yes. Yeah. All right. Elizabeth. Okay, Brandy, best pizza in Kenosha. Ooh. This is controversy here. <laughs> Pause. Pause. 22nd Avenue, best thin crust, beautiful bake every time, uh, cash and carry, they'll do credit, but there's always that upcharge. Right. <laughs> but yeah, but best hands down favorite in Kenosha. Nice. Khalil, what was your favorite subject in school? Oh, history. History. Okay. Barb, last one for you. What's your favorite <laughs> store? Favorite store? store? Any type of store, but what's your favorite store? Oh, Pottery Barn. Pottery Barn. I've never been in Pottery Barn. <laughs> I don't think I have either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks again for taking time to sit down and talk to us today. We're super excited for this project and how the community can get behind it. Uh, keep doing great work. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me.
Thanks everybody for listening today. We had an engaging conversation with the good folks at the Kenosha Public Library. Listen, make sure that you follow up on those action commitments. There's all these different ways to get involved. Number one, get a library card. Number two, be on the lookout for ways to invest and donate in the children's Uptown Library that's coming up. Um, and continue to spread the word with family and friends about what's happening in our community and support your local library. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Kirby. I hope to catch you next time.